Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. And like I always do every week, I am so grateful that you remind your friends and that you send this show to all your other friends and so that they can get some of the benefits that you are having. And I really appreciate that you do that. I think this is a great way that we just make the world healthier. And so we talked about shame last week. And so I thought it would be a really good, just a good flow to now talk about recovering your life after a toxic relationship. And we've all been in one or more, and they are really painful. And so what I want you to think about when we're recovering, when you are recovering your life, you're remaking, you're redoing your life because of maybe a really big disastrous relationship that really harmed you and even people that love you. And so what I want you to think about is that first and foremost, you must believe and reinforce the fact that you did not deserve the treatment that you incurred. And that's very important. And if you need to go back and listen to the show on shame to help you recognize when shame is occurring for you, that would be also very helpful. And so I want you to understand no one deserves to be abused. Toxic relationships are very stealthy. It's kind of like arsenic poisoning. You don't really know how deadly it is until the relationship has almost killed you. And so validating that you were in a toxic relationship is imperative. Now... The difficulty about that, again, go back to shame. Nobody wants to admit that their relationship didn't work. Nobody wants to admit or own that maybe I did not look at this. Maybe it was a bad choice on my part. Maybe there was a lot of red flags that I ignored. And this is where I want you to go back to the show on shame and recognize that we all are humans. And one of the most beautiful things about humans, we give people a chance. And we want to succeed with other humans. And so this is where it's very imperative that you recognize that no one deserves to be abused. No one deserves a toxic relationship. And they are very stealthy. Like I said, arsenic poisoning. It's just a little bit all the time. And eventually you feel like you want to die. But you don't know how to get out of it. 
until you do almost die, right? So validating that you were in a toxic relationship is imperative. And really take into consideration the degree of malevolence, how sociopathic it might be, how narcissistic, about gaslighting behaviors, you know, etc. I want you to think about that. I'm not wanting you to over-embellish something. I want you to be able to realistically, realistically support what you've been through and that it's not all in your mind and that it isn't because you're just so tender or, you know, sensitive or any of these things. I want you to really recognize that these, these relationships occur. And so it's very important that you validate the effect it had on you. Now, furthermore, it will help the healing process if you do not try to understand the why of how you were treated. And that's a big one because we have a tendency to want to organize it, right? We want to think about, man, there's got to be a reason for this because we want to make sure that we can stop it from ever happening again. And it's one of the ways that we try to get rid of shame. So I want you to say to yourself, I can't understand why. If I understood why they treated me so poorly, I might be more like them. And that's really important for you to recognize that if you don't understand abuse and toxic behavior, malevolence, lying, all these kinds of things, that's a good thing. That means you're a good person. That means you're someone that would not do those things. So if it's happened to you, then you want to make sure that you resist the shame and go back to last week's show. Resist the shame and say, I am not going to feel shame about the fact that I honestly went into a relationship and I worked really hard on my side of the street and I wanted to be a good partner and this person shredded me. And that's imperative. So many times if you don't, you know, if you keep trying to understand why, and why you were treated this way, it's kind of like, you know, going down the rabbit hole. You keep going farther and farther and farther. And you will never have enough information. And even therapists resist not diagnosing family and friends. I have a lot of friends. I have family. I don't try to diagnose my friends and family. However, information is very helpful. So be careful with the judgments that you make about your ex-partner and yourself. Allowing yourself to be hateful, disparaging, and judgmental of this person, as well as allowing yourself to curse this person going down to their level. And this is where I want you to recognize this doesn't help the pain that you've, that you've had. It just makes you closer and more like the person that harmed you. And so you want to take the high road and say, I'm glad I'm out of that. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. I know that has nothing to do with me. There's nothing about me that would deserve that kind of treatment. And so we want to make sure that you allowing yourself to be angry, disgusted, grossed out, whatever you want to say, appalled, that's healthy. That's very healthy. Now, going down to their level and, and living in, the, in the, 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 you know, the dirt, the weeds, the, the, all of that, those kinds of places that you don't want to be in, this is where I want you to say to yourself, I don't need to go down that far, down that, to that level to figure out what happened to me. I know what happened to me. I feel it. I understand it better now. And I'm not going to own it. 
and I'm not going to wear it. And so the less you press the offender, okay, it, oftentimes it's more painful for the offender because they will then make opportunities to defend themselves. So you don't want to help the abuser by giving more information for them to use against you. And what happens is you always look bad. See, as long as you take the high road, you don't have to even explain things to people. You don't have to justify anything. And so truth certainly is, is going to be your best friend. And this is to be distinguished between, quote unquote, your truth and the real truth, okay? See, truth never lies, nor does it change. So what does it feel like? Well, low self-esteem, this is what we want to consider. We always want to say to ourselves, why would someone treat me this way? And then we justify it with, I must deserve it. So there must be something I did. And if I did it, then maybe I can own that and fix it, and maybe they'll love me again. And so this is where I want you to remind yourself that the evidence of shame is I've lost my zest for life. I feel confused a lot of the times. I don't trust myself. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. I'm super, super angry. So if you are, be careful about driving. And you're afraid people will hear things about you and believe your ex instead of believing you. So this is why this is so important to consider. So I want you to remind yourself that you want to reinforce the fact that you did not deserve the treatment that you have incurred. No one deserves to be abused. And think of how God treats people. The worst thing he did was flood the earth, right? Because the people were so, so ugly and so toxic. And they were so shameful. But other than that, God has not ever done that again. And so you want to remind yourself that it's okay for us to have some um, certain amount of concern or want to help these people, but you have to be careful that if you're helping someone that is very malevolent and has shown you that they are not trustworthy, I would be very careful about putting yourself in that position. Because you have to understand, malevolent people, really toxic people, they can go lower than you ever could dream of. And not only do they go low, they get stronger the lower they go. And so they are not safe people in any way, shape, or form. So think about this. When we have shame, one, what it, the evidence of that, okay, is something like I've lost my zest for life. I feel a lot more confused. I don't trust myself anymore. I, I'm afraid if I'm vulnerable, I'll be attacked or hurt or harmed. And I'm super angry. So I want you to be careful about driving. Maybe you're afraid, you know, people will hear things about you and believe what your ex is saying. And so this is what I want you to remind yourself. I want you to give your friends and family more credit. Usually our friends and families are seeing what it is, but they don't know how to intervene. So they're just kind of watching this terrible, terrible experiment that you're in, and they don't know what to do. So don't think that they think it's you. And don't worry about, wow, how you look. All your family and friends want is for you to be okay. 
They don't want you to have to work so hard to try to change a very caustic person into someone that's kind and nice. You have to understand that people that want to be kind and want to be nice, want to be healthy, they get there. They work on it, and they make sure it happens. And so this is very imperative for you to recognize, wow, I was in a toxic relationship. How do I recover from that so that I'm not angry and caustic and unforgiving and have too, and, and can't seem you know, to trust anybody? This is what I'm wanting you to not let happen to you. I don't want that to be the resort that you, that you end up in because of this toxic relationship. So join me in the next segment as we talk about some science behind toxic relationships and how it affects your mental health. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And we are in the second segment of the show. So if you're just tuning in, make sure you go to any of your favorite uh, podcast servers and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we are talking about recovering your life after a toxic relationship. And I'm going to continue to reinforce this to you. And I want you to then reinforce it to yourself. That first and foremost, you must believe and reinforce the fact that you did not deserve the treatment that you have incurred. No one deserves to be abused. Toxic relationships are very stealthy. They're like arsenic poison. You just get sicker and sicker and sicker, but you don't know why. And so you keep thinking that it'll go away. And you don't realize how deadly it is. And so validating that you were in a toxic relationship is imperative. And the degree of malevolence, sociopathy, narcissism, gaslighting behaviors, it's important to understand and validate the effect it has had on you. And don't think that you're supposed to be able to logic your way out of this. This kind of stuff is really stealthy, and it's very painful, and it's hard to trust again. So some of what happens when we look at the science behind how toxic relationships affect mental health What we find is that supportive relationships are a huge boon to health. They modify stress. They help people feel like they have a place and a purpose in the world. However, not all relationships are supportive. And relationships that cause more stress than support are proven to be detrimental to your overall health, not just your heart, not just your self-esteem. So let's ask ask this question. Can a bad relationship cause mental illness? Well, many studies have shown that our stress levels negatively impact our overall health. So stress can increase just about every health issue, such as the brain, the thyroid, the immune system, weight problems. But even more specifically, there was a landmark study by Whitehall, and it it says that the research that followed more than 10,000 people for 12 years confirmed that the link between toxic relationships and stress and health is real. So according to this study, those who were in a toxic relationship were at greater risk of developing heart problems, including dying from heart attacks and strokes, and those whose close relationships were not negative. Humans have adapted. 
So if, it, if you have enough other good relationships, it helps to mitigate the negative one that you have. Now, that does not mean that you should keep the negative relationship, okay? I want you to c- contrast it with your good relationships and say, why would I even take time with this? This person is able to do their own work just as I am. If they want to have good relationships, they can. This is a choice. And so I don't want you to get involved in thinking all kinds of excuses for them that, well, maybe they had a bad childhood and maybe this happened to them and maybe they don't feel understood. Whatever it is, you have to understand. If you're in your 20s, you can figure this out. So chronic stress from toxic relationships really can cause long-term activation of the brain's CTRA, which is contributes to chronic inflammation and increasing the risk of health problems like adrenal fatigue. So what are some signs of a truly toxic relationship? Well, what really is a toxic relationship? Most people know that their relationship with someone is not positive, but for some, the toxicity can be so pervasive that it begins to feel normal. In other words, you start creating coping skills for this toxic relationship. And you start to say things to yourself like, well, everyone has good days and bad days and all relationships go through hard times. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this little quiz with you to help you figure out whether or not your relationship is truly toxic. So when you are with a person or after you have been with a person, I want you to ask yourself if you feel any of the following things, even more than half the time physically or emotionally drained of energy. You feel bad about yourself. Like you always are giving without getting anything back. Or the other person is always taking without giving back to you. You're shunned, you're an outsider, or otherwise not accepted for who you are. You're isolated from your friends, you're isolated from family, or others who might be supportive of you. See, because this person doesn't want you to be around those people, emotionally or physically unsafe or injured. Now, those are major. If you are emotionally or physically unsafe or you have been injured by someone, this is is the biggest red flag you could ever have. And so the last one is fear. Are you afraid when you're with this person? Are you walking on eggshells because you're afraid that they'll change their mood and then it will the, the whole night will go badly so you're you're dancing around all over the place you're trying to entertain you're trying to make sure that the person is happy and feels okay because you don't want the wrath that might come and so you're going to be exhausted so think about this do you need a relationship detox well i'm a big advocate of integrating detox practices to all aspects of life because clearing out the refuse and stepping back from what is not serving your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being will help you to find balance so you can thrive and stay healthy. Now, when you hear all that, people that have been abused repeatedly or had one big instance of abuse have a hard time believing that there's something wrong because they don't want to feel weaker than they already felt when they got abused. 
And so they don't want to let people know that this happened because that's shaming to them. Because they don't want to hear, well, we told you so, and, you know, what are you, stupid? I mean, that person was terrible. I don't even know why you tried. And so you have a tendency to not want to even tell anyone you're in it or out of the relationship or back in the relationship. And so this is where we want to really think about how do we detox from all these experiences that we have had. Some of that may be meeting with the therapist for some trauma response recovery so that you actually get to clear your brain, your heart, your gut. Some of it may be religion. Maybe you have a really close relationship with God, with Jesus. And so as you study his word, maybe he starts to remind you of your value and why he died for you. And that even when you were a sinner, he died for you and wants to be with you. And so these types of thinking, these thoughts, help us to undo some of the toxicity of abusive relationships. And, and I really want you to understand that abusive relationships that are not physically abusive are even harder to get over. Because there's a part of what that person says that you think, well, yeah, I can be kind of like that sometimes. And they're always going to choose someone that is willing to take feedback. So you have to be careful to not think that, wow, maybe I am the problem here. If I just worked harder, maybe our relationship would be okay and they would love me more and like me more and we would really have the life that we talked about having. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about how to detox your relationship and what to do in a toxic relationship. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you so much for joining me today, for listening to the show, and for sending it to your friends and encouraging your friends and family to take advantage of these shows that we do. They really help us to be able to be the best version of ourselves. And life here on earth is tough, and it always will be tough, but there are some great things that occur, and there are ways that we can aspire to be the person that we know we could be, should be, would be, and can be. And so we don't want to let dysfunctional people get in the way of us aspiring to be that person. So we need to recognize what really is a relationship that is toxic. What do you do when you're in a toxic relationship? And so I want you to ponder these four choices of how to deal with negative or toxic relationships. First, you can accept the relationship as it is. You can be at peace with it as it is. Then can actually reduce a lot of stress based in trying to change someone else. So that can help. And I recommend this particular one, the accepting of a toxic relationship, if you're not trying to have deep intimacy. This is, this is for people that have big families, that they interact with their families many times. And it's the accepting of the fact that, hey, this is just what this person does. I'm not going to take it personally because this is what they always do. It really has nothing to do with me. If it weren't me, it would be someone else. And so that's a very helpful tool. The second thing is to really recognize that you can't change people. 
Now, if someone is wanting to change, you can support and cheer them on in doing it, but you can't make anyone change. So you can change the relationship by creating boundaries for yourself. And I want you to recognize as well, the level of toxicity has a great deal to do with whether or not the person will even accept a boundary. So you need to recognize that, wow, this person busts through my boundaries all the time. So it doesn't mean I'm going to stop having a boundary. I just may have a new one, which means I'm not interacting with you ever again. So remember that you can't change other people, but you can change how you react and what you will allow into your own life. The other thing you can do, leave the relationship. And sometimes, sadly, this is the best course. If the other person's behavior is intolerable to you and they refuse to change and it is harmful and toxic and abusive, you have to say to yourself, this is a no-brainer. Why am I even trying? Why do I keep trying? And that's where seeing a therapist many times can help because that therapist can say things to you like, hey, where, where did this happen to you maybe earlier on in your life that has set you up to tolerate this? Or what happened earlier on in your life that people said things to you like, well, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, you don't understand this, you can't get this. And maybe one of the reasons you would even tolerate a bad relationship. So you can leave the relationship, and sometimes that really is the best course, especially if the other person's behavior is truly abusive and intolerable. So the, the last thing that you can do, you can certainly just stay feeling miserable. And this is a choice that will continue the stress cycle. And I am not dissing anyone that chooses to just be miserable. There's a lot of reasons why people might stay in really bad relationships. Maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe um, they have history with that person and they know that maybe this is a phase. It's really important for you to be looking at your life and where your boundaries are and where you end and they begin and who you will set boundaries with. And if the boundaries are not honored, are you willing to leave the relationship? So since every relationship is different, these options will mean different things to each person. But I encourage you not to choose to feel miserable anymore. Don't, don't choose feeling miserable. You're hurting your health and everyone around you by harboring negative energy. And you're going to then, it's, it will seep into the relationships that have been working. And then that relationship can get very poisoned. So I want you to really consider that you owe it to the people that love you to get out of a toxic relationship. It's kind of like, you know, the person in your family that it doesn't really matter if, you know, they're, they're sick or not. They come over anyways and hug everybody. Okay, not acceptable. So I want you to think about, since every relationship is different, these options will mean maybe different things to each person. But I'm going to encourage you not to choose to feel miserable anymore. You're hurting your health and everyone around you by harboring negative energy. And the toxicity and how you feel the shaming that happens to you causes you to not be the original version of you. And you will be adapting to be someone that tries to just avoid pain. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the last segment as we talk more about 
recovering from a toxic relationship. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I so appreciate you joining in and listening to the shows. Make sure you let your friends know about them. They're also very helpful. We have some different kinds of handouts that you can get online from the website, and it helps to do a little deeper dive into the show. And it helps you to really talk with yourself. And if you want to include other people, talk with other people about what you learned from this particular segment. And it helps to reinforce change. So we want to be practicing change. And when we think about this idea of toxic relationships and how we recover from them, I want you to really understand that some of this is a spiritual issue. And when you think about abuse, when you think about rejection, if we say, like, being ostracized. See, these are not heavenly, you know, situations. This is more from, you know, the pit of hell. That's what the enemy of our soul wants to do, is make us feel like we don't deserve to be loved, to be seen, to be wanted. And so you have to believe and reinforce the fact that you don't deserve abuse. This is why we have rules even in, in prisons and jail that you are not allowed to abuse people. Now, people get abused anyways in many ways, but they still hold that edict. that It doesn't matter how bad you are. We're not supposed to abuse you. If you're bad enough that you need to be you know, removed from the planet, well, that's not abuse. What that is is saving the rest of the people so that they don't get further abuse. And so, you know, you want to think about that nobody deserves to be abused. Toxic relationships are very stealthy. It's like arsenic poisoning. You don't even know how deadly it is until you almost die from it. And so validating that you may have experienced some toxicity in a relationship or actually were in a full-blown toxic relationship is very important because you have to begin to understand and validate the effect it had on you. How much of you was stolen from you because you were attempting to not get hurt? So every time you're with this toxic person, your number one goal is, I hope I come out of it alive, or I just don't want to get hurt, or I just don't want, want to walk away feeling like I'm an idiot, or I'm stupid, or I'm worthless. And so when you're feeling those types of feelings, you have to understand, certainly not from God, certainly not from God. And it's not from other healthy humans. See, we know that we as humans, we make mistakes. We're imperfect beings. We are very complicated. And many times we are very uh, chaotic. That doesn't mean that we're bad people. So I don't want you to think that if you make mistakes, you somehow are toxic and shouldn't be around other people. What I want you to think about is toxicity takes away energy. So if you've ever been sick, you know what that feels like. It's like you can't even get out of bed. You can't think. You can't work. You can't, you know, barely even just taking a drink of water is hard to do. And so that doesn't mean that you're bad. That means you're infected with something. So many times we can recognize if we're willing, and it may even be people in our family, maybe even be friends or husbands, wives, kids, whatever. We have to be able to recognize toxicity. 
and that that doesn't come with every human. That is learned. It's accepted. It's sometimes honed to be even more toxic. And so you want to recognize, wow, this person appears to really be toxic. And I'm tired every time I'm with them. I start to doubt myself. I start to think I don't know what I'm talking about. I feel stupid, right? These are things that you say to yourself that that's not what happens when I'm in a loving relationship. Even a loving relationship that, you know, holds each other accountable or calls each other out when you know you're doing the wrong thing. That's not toxic. Toxic is that shaming feeling that says, it's not that you did a bad thing. It's that you're a bad person. And this is where you have to say, I can't wear that from that other person. I'm not going to wear their toxicity. I'm not going to carry it for them. I know who I am, and I'm going to create those boundaries that allow me to be able to make good decisions if I'm around toxic people. So when you think about the science behind toxic relationships, they have great amounts of studies that show us that our mental health is really harmed when we are in toxic relationships, negative relationships, relationships that have no trust, like we love the person, but we can't really trust them, or we don't really know how far they're going to go. So they're kind of scary to us. And see, that takes a lot of energy to manage. And so that it creates tremendous amounts of stress, which will change the way you think. So when we're thinking about this, I want you to ask yourself, physically or emotionally, are you drained of energy? Are you feeling bad about yourself? Like you have to like put on a front and act as if you're happy. So maybe like you are always giving without getting anything back or the person is always taking without giving back to you because it's too scary to confront them. Maybe you feel shunned. Maybe you feel like an outsider or otherwise not accepted for who you are. Maybe you're isolated from your friends and your family or others who are supportive to you because the person doesn't want you to be around those people. They don't want you to be around people that will validate what they're doing, that what they're doing is inappropriate, shameful, abusive, painful, mean. So this is why we make sure that what, if, I have, if I have really unhealthy people in my life, I might have to detoxify it. And I might have to work really hard and create some really good boundaries. Because when it comes to average humans like us, I know when I did something bad. It's, it's not shocking. to I mean, it may be shocking to me, <laughs> but it's not like it's confusing. Like, I know that was not the right thing to do, Cynthia. I can't believe you did that. You're going to have to make amends now. You're going to have to fix that. See, that's a healthy person. A toxic person can make the same mistakes that the healthy person made, but the toxic person won't take responsibility for it and actually feels empowered when they harm people. So this is why you want to be on top of this quickly. If that's what's happening, I don't want you to think, well, maybe they're just having a bad day, or maybe they got their feelings hurt. Maybe I shoulda, coulda, woulda. If only then I did this, then they would be doing that and we'd all be happy. This is where I want you to say to yourself, no, this is different than mistake-making humans. This isn't someone that's just in a bad mood and, and is kind of a downer. No, this is a person that 
tears away at my self-esteem and my feelings of self-worth. That somehow every time I interact with them, I walk away feeling like a loser. Like I'm just an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. I feel ugly. I feel whatever it is. And it's difficult to confront them because they can be quite adroit at tearing you down verbally and emotionally. And so I want you to think about the need to really foster your own mindfulness. Now, what is that? Now, you might not be ready to make a decision right away, but to determine the best course of action for your toxic relationship, you first need to deal with yourself. So start consistent mindfulness and meditation to bring peace into your life and to grow in that presence. And so when we say mindfulness, meditation, whatever that is, I want you to be doing things like praying and saying to God, you know, I I know I am trapped in this relationship. I'm scared to walk away from it. I'm scared to be in it. I feel like maybe I'm being ridiculous. Maybe I'm oversensitive. And that's where God helps us and the truth will set us free. That you know what you know. We just don't want to believe it about this other person. We don't want to believe this person is toxic. And so you start with really caring for you and recognizing that you belong to God. And God wants you to care for who he loves, and that is you. And so we make sure that we're becoming more present and less worried about a perceived future event or mentally replaying all these past events with this person, that you anchor yourself to the only place of effective change, which is right there, right now. And there are great, some great apps like Landscape's um, Rev app that will guide you to grow through mindfulness and releasing, you know, tension from muscles, you know, contracting and, and releasing and contracting and releasing things like drinking more water. But more than anything, I want you to really focus on getting back to you knowing the truth that no matter what you have done, you missed an appointment, you forgot to pay them back, uh, you didn't laugh when they made a joke. These are not These are not issues that we send people to jail for. And so really getting some perspective on what maybe that abusive person is requiring from you and recognizing I am not going to be afraid of that person anymore. I am not a bad person. I'm a mistake-making person. I'm not perfect, that's for sure. But I am going to stop being so afraid of them. So the other thing is talking about it. Consider going to a qualified mindfulness-based counselor. And while there are many beneficial schools of therapy and counseling, you know, a lot of the mindfulness is very, very helpful. If you didn't have, you know, any type of disorder per se before meeting this very disastrous person, I don't want you to think that you have some chronic condition, okay? I want you to recognize that some of the change that happened to you, some of the stress that you are having and the feeling like you can't trust yourself or your own judgment If that's been ongoing since you were a little kid, well, that's a different story. But if you can kind of pin it to, it's when I started interacting with that particular person. No matter how hard I try, I walk away feeling like I'm terrible, like I'm a jerk, like I don't know anything. And that's where you know, wow, that's toxicity. Because just being a regular mistake-making person is not being toxic. So you have to practice setting appropriate boundaries. 
and that's tough. And this is where a therapist, a counselor, uh, a pastor, a really trusted best friend can help you to recognize how to set those boundaries and not feel scared or bad about doing it. So I want to make sure that, you know, negative people are linked to hurting your health. Conversely, research shows that people with good friends have lower inflammation levels and blood pressure is compared with those with poor relationship ties. And so surround yourself with people who edify you and challenge you to be the best version of yourself and rejoice when you do. And if you fell, they run over to pick you up. And so if you don't have those people, go out and seek them in your own community or even online. There's different groups online for like-minded people because your health really depends on it. So I'm so glad that you listened to the show today and I want you to take it to heart because there's a lot of things that we do as humans that are stupid, silly, ridiculous. I mean, maybe even hurtful, right? But for the majority of humans on earth, They really just want to live peacefully and they want to feel happy and they want to feel loved and they don't want to feel like there's something wrong with them. That's humans. And so if you are being toxic because of prior abuse and that's the coping skill you developed, I want you to get help from a therapist for that as well. You deserve to be the person God has called you to be. Have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.